This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmstead, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, which represents about 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members in the state. There is no stronger voice in the fight for fair school funding than the educators who work with students every day and who see for themselves every day how the state's broken school funding system hurts Ohio's kids. Ohio lawmakers have the once-in-a-generation chance to fix it right now if they back the fair school funding plan in the state budget. The House passed it with bipartisan support weeks ago after years of development in partnership with educators, school finance experts, and more. But then the Senate came up with its own school funding plan behind closed doors, without any input from education professionals or experts, and it falls woefully short. As the state budget heads to conference committee for the two chambers to hammer out their differences, we need Ohio lawmakers to see the House-passed fair school funding plan is the answer for our kids. And this week, the Ohio Education Association joined with our partners in the All In for Ohio Kids Coalition for a press rally to help deliver that message. The first speaker, Zach Jones, a seventh grade teacher in Mansfield who's an active OEA member, both as part of the Ohio's new educators group and the Mansfield School Employees Association. Take a listen. Whenever we talk about school funding, we always talk about the numbers. One number I'd like to highlight is the year, 2003. This is the year most of our graduating seniors were born, but it's also the last time that my department received new textbooks. Mm. My curriculum shortfalls aren't some outlier in Ohio schools. I'm but one teacher in one department in one school district in Ohio. These curriculum deficits are a direct result of Ohio's unconstitutional school funding model. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mansfield, like many city schools, is forced to subsidize private education for the few while their own students are forced to learn just as well as their more advantaged peers, but with less. Mansfield receives just under $8,000 per student, but pays out over $10,000 per student when they leave for a private or charter school under the voucher program. Mansfield families are being forced to pay for a private education for other kids who were never going to step foot in a public school to begin with while their children go without the resources they need to succeed. Instead of lifting Mansfield students up, state lawmakers have chosen to take away from them and then punish them further for withholding additional funds because of poor performance on state assessments. Under the House passed bill, if it were fully phased in, Mansfield would have received an additional $7.8 million in state aid for the 2021 school year. That's an increase of 33% over our current funding. With that additional funding, Mansfield wouldn't have had to cut eight positions at the end of this school year. These cuts would have been offset under the House Pass Bill. Staff lost jobs, more families are now going without, class sizes will now increase due to fewer staff. These real world hardships are a direct result of lawmakers' unconstitutional funding of public schools. When things are broken, we should fix them. Yes. When Ohio's current school funding model was ruled unconstitutional, we should have fixed it. Lawmakers instead chose to continue to discriminate against under-resourced communities like Mansfield. Instead of providing aid where it's warranted and needed, state lawmakers chose to take money and resources away. 
The fact that this funding model has continued more than 20 years later tells me it's not broken. It tells me it's working exactly as designed by lawmakers. It tells me that rather than ensure, it tells me that rather than ensure all of Ohio's children receive a quality education, lawmakers are more interested in hurting communities of color and economically disadvantaged communities across the state. Instead of ensuring all students are treated equally, lawmakers have chosen to be punitive with education based simply on where you live or what you look like. The equitable funding found in House Pass Fair School Funding Plan doesn't erase the harm caused by the neglect of state lawmakers, but it begins a process of repairing the damage. It rights the wrong. Passage of this bill ensures that Ohio's future will be stronger than its past. It tells Ohio's children that they deserve a quality education regardless of where they live or how much money their parents have. Yes, yes. Lawmakers shouldn't have to be begged to treat children fairly and do the right thing. That's right. Zach Jones wasn't the only teacher sharing their perspective inside the ladies' gallery at the State House Wednesday morning. Shantina Thornton teaches math and social studies at Nathan Hale Pre-K through 8 school in Cleveland. She's a member of the Cleveland Teachers Union, an affiliate of the Ohio Federation of Teachers, and shared her thoughts with the crowd. This year, teachers and students throughout the uh, district and the state and the country, we journeyed through an uncharted land of teaching and learning remotely. We, the teachers, administrators, parents, and community members navigated through this year together as a team. So yes, I applaud CMSD uh, for what they did uh, in terms of providing the technology resources expeditiously so that we can maintain what every Ohio student deserves, a world-class education, no matter where they live, no matter what yes. they look like, or how much money they pay. However, local communities are picking up the larger and larger share of education and the cost of education because the state funding is inadequate, stagnant, and unfairly distributed. As I think about the academic years to come, I'm encouraged because of the Fair uh, School Funding Plan in the House. The Fair School Funding Plan creates stability for the uh, school districts and communities by instituting a permanent school funding formula. That's math. Okay. <laughs> so that they can budget around it. Um, then to codify the formula into a state law will ease the burden for future legislators. The purpose of education is to provide knowledge, equity, access to all children in every community and every state in America. Remember, uh, we could be teaching our next and future legislators. If we work as a team, that's what makes the dream work. Finally, as a math teacher, um, I know how important it is for my students to have access to technology, to broadband, and to a STEM education that students in wealthier districts already have. Uh, unfortunately, Ohio legislators have failed to provide the resources our students need not just in Cleveland, but in the urban, suburban, and other rural communities across the state. This fair school funding plan will ensure that all students can attend a world-class public school. All right. This All In For Ohio Kids press rally was a chance for so many stakeholders to come together. Teachers, school administrators, parents, faith leaders, and policy experts, including those from our coalition partner, Policy Matters Ohio, all speaking together in one voice. 
all of it against a backdrop of levy signs to illustrate just how overly reliant our state's school funding system is on local property taxes, something that's been ruled unconstitutional four times now, by the way. The speakers also stood in front of a handful of Ohio students. And here's some of what Reverend Daniel Hughes with the Amos Project out of Cincinnati had to say. We are in the middle of a pandemic still. And we were able to provide what we needed just enough to get us through. And now we have Ohio legislators telling us that we cannot find the money to take care of our most essential resource, our children. We've already gone through the essential, not essentials. We've already gone through that. We're all essential. And these babies right here are the most essential. This is not politics. This is real life. These babies matter. Our students are essential. So go get the job done and fund this formula. Period. Nice Midwesterners. That's okay. Done with it. I'm asking you and urging you, those of you who are part of faith communities, agitate and irritate your pastors and your leadership boards to get them involved in this, get the word out, get people activated because we need to be faith. We've got to organize the church, organize the synagogue, organize the mosque, and we've got to hold these jokers accountable to the essential resources that is funding this formula for our babies. Thank you. school funding formula. It was ruled unconstitutional how many years ago? 24 years ago. These legislators have some homework that is overdue and they need to get it done. Okay? That second voice you heard in that clip was Molly Shack, the co-executive director of the Ohio Organizing Collaborative, another one of OEA's partners on the All In For Ohio Kids Coalition. That group works to advance social, racial, and economic justice statewide through grassroots organizing with community members like Taylor Pennington, a parent in Lima, Ohio, and a constituent of both the Speaker of the House and State Senate. She was in good company at Wednesday's rally. about parents like Katie Gillett, who desperately wanted to be here today, but she was unable to because she works a low-paying, demanding job, and she couldn't find the time uh, to leave that job to be here, but she wanted her experience to be spoke about. Um, she experienced watching the teachers in her school uh, visibly overworked and stressed out do a very important task of educating our children while her children fall behind. She reached out for support. Uh, she cannot afford an expensive tutor. Um, and unfortunately, the teachers don't have the time or the resources to provide that one-on-one -on -one support for her children. I'm also here speaking about people like Anthony. I don't know his last name. I met him on Monday. Um, I met him at the grocery store line as I was rushing to get my items for dinner. And we began a conversation about his dreams and aspirations. He wants to be an engineer. He further explained, explained to me that he is a mentally delayed individual and that he comes from a family of 
four children who were all mentally delayed. He further asked me what school my son goes to, and I told him North Middle School in Lima. He said that that's the same school he went to. And he expressed that him and all four of his other mentally delayed uh, brothers were tremendously uh, delayed. They all suffer from reading disabilities. Um, they all suffer from having trouble with science. But as this gentleman, we just began to have this conversation. He told me about his dreams and his aspirations. And he told me about some of his struggles. And he told me that he felt like he did not get the support that he needed to be able to do what he wants to do. My heart was broken. Um, so I'm also here speaking for Juan Freeman. Juan Freeman is also a teenage boy in Lima. Um, he was able to pass through all of the grade levels. Uh, but he also suffered, tr uh, struggled tremendously with reading. And there was an incident in class where he was instructed to read aloud, and he struggled with the words in the textbook. The students in the classroom began to laugh and giggle at him. Uh, the teacher must not have been aware of the reading struggles that he had. So he grew frustrated, and his embarrassment became too much to bear, and he walked out of class. He never returned to school. Twelve months later, he found himself in the Allen County Courthouse being handed down a sentence of 28 to 32 years in prison. So I am here today to speak on behalf of parents and residents in Lima who cannot wait anymore for a solution. We are desperate for change in Lima. Education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. That's a quote from Malcolm X. How are we preparing our children for a future when our education system is stuck in the past? Everywhere we look, we see change and innovation and progression. Everywhere except for our school funding. And for over yes. 20 years and far beyond that, children in poor communities have been failed by the school funding system. That's right. That's right. And the families that I mentioned earlier, we cannot wait any longer. We need money to fund our school's programs. We need money to fund our school's, uh, um, our school's creativity for our children. We need money to fund counselors. And we need money to pay our teachers. Because they have the most important job on the planet. Yes. The Senate version of the Spare School Funding Plan does not do that. And it is unacceptable to me. And it's unacceptable to the families in Lima who are desperate for a solution. Thank you. Like the lawmakers who developed the House passed Fair School Funding Plan over the last three and a half years, we know the value of the expertise of school finance experts in understanding the issues Ohio's districts face and the way forward to address them. Emily Hatfield, the treasurer and CFO of Olentangy Schools in Central Ohio, is one such expert. And as she told the crowd, the Fair School Funding Plan is the right plan for Ohio schools. and speak to you today to talk about the Fair School Funding Plan. We've had numerous speakers come forward and talk to you about why their community needs this, what's different about their community, what's unique, what the state needs to educate and fund, fiscally responsibly fund, the students. It's the Fair School Funding Plan. The Fair School Funding Plan says each individual child is unique. They have their individual needs, they have their individual concerns, there are different components of their education that they need special help with, 
and special supports. So let's do that for every student in this state, across the state, regardless of where they are and what their needs are. How do we say no to that? How does the Fair School Funding Plan not get the support of the Senate? I just don't understand. The Fair School Funding Plan sets forth a fair and clear calculation that's rooted in reality. It's not an arbitrary number that they've come up for the base cost. It's supported by economists, by educators, and by fiscal officers that work in public education. They're supporting this. They've vetted it for over three years. There's support and logic and thought behind this program. Um, they've already been vetted by a bipartisan group. We have Representative Pup and Representative Patterson coming together to work with these individuals, colleagues, um, people in the profession, to come up with a new funding formula that is actually applicable and helpful for our students across the state. That's a great resource for them to have. Yeah. The stability and predictability to the Fair School Funding Plan is another source of value. As a treasurer, as a CFO, it's my job to make sure that I am looking at our five-year forecast. I can look five years out. I can say, yes, we have the funds to support our teachers, our staff. That's not just teachers. It's food service, transportation, administrators, classroom aides. There's a gamut of folks that work and educate and support our kids in the state. That's my job to make sure that the funds will do that. This policy, this Fair School Funding Plan, helps me identify the stability, how it works, what it means, and can put that five-year plan into practice with long-term effects. Stability, it's a great resource for us to have. And finally, I would just like to say for the Fair School Funding Plan, the time is now. Our legislators have had a long time to work on this. It's not new. We've heard this 20-year metric um, being shared quite a bit, so we're all aware of it. Why not now? Why not today? This is the time to fix this funding formula, make it the Fair School funding formula, have it in legislation, and be able to move forward and support our students where they're educated as they are needed. Thank you. As Emily said, the time is now. The Ohio legislature must pass a budget by the end of June, and with the Senate passing its version of the budget this week, conference committee members are getting to work to figure out what the final version of the state budget will look like. We need Ohioans to tell them the budget must have the House-passed fair school funding plan in it. Our kids, our schools, our communities, we cannot wait anymore. If you want to help send that message, add your name to the All In For Ohio Kids petition. The link is in the show notes for this episode. You'll also find a link to a powerful data tool on the All In For Ohio Kids website where you can look up exactly what the Fair School Funding Plan would mean for your district when it's fully phased in and see exactly how your district is being failed by Ohio's unconstitutional funding system right now. Of course, we'll keep you up to date on the latest developments in the Fair School Funding Fight through the Education Matters podcast. So make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you'd like to see the full press rally featured in this episode, head over to the Ohio Education Facebook page. We stream the whole thing live and the video is still up for you to watch. Just look for at OhioEA 
to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, stay well. Thank you.